You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Happy Monday, everyone. Happy winter. <laughs> Hashtag winter is coming. Or as I so kindly said on <laughs> Facebook this morning, dear January, please wait your turn. Exactly. I got the, the buffalo plaid like see that. blanket scarf going on. It's literally the size <laughs> of a blanket. How convenient you brought a blanket along with you in I really case you did. get stuck somewhere today. Just in case. Uh, to all our friends experiencing <laughs> lovely weather across the West and the Midwest today. Uh, Happy, winter. Happy winter. Happy <laughs> winter. It's yes. not officially winter yet, but um, uh, the, well, the weather says otherwise. Be safe yes. on the roads. Be oh. very safe. Yes, uh, and and also uh, a very uh, happy Veterans Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks to all of our many veterans who have served so faithfully, and we have a great topic for Mental Health Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking forward to digging into that uh, with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman, and we have a special guest for Mental Health Monday today I know, as this well. Is so exciting! I know. This, I think it's the first time we're going to have a guest on yeah, Mental is. Health Monday. So excited about that as well. Thanks to Concordia University Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. You can find out more about Concordia University Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Well, it is time to check in with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman for Mental Health Monday. Good morning, Heidi. Good morning. Happy Mental Health Monday and happy Veterans Day. Thank you. Thank you. It is, uh, and and thanks to all the many veterans as well today who have served mm-hmm. uh, so, so faithfully and uh, so diligently. And Mental Health Monday, we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now about, you know, how how amazing that it coincidentally falls on a mental health mm-hmm. that veterans day falls on a mental health monday mm-hmm. and what an important topic to address and so we were brainstorming who should we invite to the conversation and uh it came down to it it, it had to be chaplain mike <laughs> marino uh he's he uh a commander with the uh, Chaplain Corps of the United States Navy, now a pastoral counselor with Lutheran Family Services of Iowa. Chaplain Marino, thanks for being our guest on Mental Health Monday on the Coffee Hour. Thank you so much for having me, and also uh, happy Veterans Day and happy winter. We uh, we got our first snowfall today. <laughs> <laughs> you got your first snowfall, and you sent it our way. Thank you. Um, it's, uh, You're so very welcome. It's, it's approaching now. So all of our friends listening in Texas and Florida... You're, you're welcome. Enjoy your <laughs> fall, your autumn. You're actually getting autumn this year. Uh, it, it is it is Veterans Day. It's Mental, Mental Health Monday. Uh, let's dig into some of the subjects for Mental Health Monday and veterans. Uh, first of all, let's talk about the demands placed on our servicemen and women and how that impacts their health, um, whether they're in active duty or deployed or whatever their status may be, what are the demands placed on our servicemen and women that might have an impact on their mental health? Well, when uh, when one does training, when the moment you begin uh, training as as a recruit, uh, you are part of, for lack of a better term, a machine. You are part of a much larger unit. So you automatically uh, put aside any of your personal thoughts, wishes, or desires because they don't matter at the moment. <laughs> What matters is going on a, on a hike. What matters is going to the rifle range. What matters is what your mission is. So mission uh, is beat into our heads on a regular basis that we we are tools. We are our means by which uh, we have to complete a mission. So that takes uh, the, uh, the the larger uh, larger importance. And we then, as military members push our particular needs uh, lower down. You recall Saving Private Ryan. The whole idea is we have a mission. We have to complete this. And uh, they lost a lot of individuals to complete a mission. Uh, so first and foremost, that is 
the, the mindset that occurs when one enters the military. How do how do those um, situations affect people's uh, service members' mental health during during their time of of service? Well, it can it can go one of two ways. Quite frankly, it can be what's called post traumatic stress or a difficulty. It can also be post traumatic growth after one does something that is so challenging to oneself, pushing you to the very bounds. And to know that you're able to complete the mission, do that which is needed, uh, it can be a, a wonderful opportunity to see, listen, these are the gifts that God has given to me, and I'm able to do more than I thought, and I'm grateful for that opportunity. At the same time, if one is pushed beyond one's boundaries, uh, then the difficulty is I cannot do this, or I feel failure. And uh, in the military, uh, failure is just not, not has not been uh, something uh, looked upon kindly. And when one, if, for example, if one is injured in training, if one breaks your leg, uh, you know, you're not a bad person because you broke your leg, but at that moment, you're useless to me. We want you to get better so that I can use you again or be part of this mission to complete something. But once you're off the table, once you're off the game board, I can't use you. And so, really, it's a binary kind of thing in the, in the military's mindset. Can, can you complete your mission? Can you do the job or can you not? And uh, then the, the viewpoint of the command uh, saying, okay, right now I can't use you, and that can be a, a, an understanding, a nurturing kind of thing, saying, hey, I understand, get better, we'll get you back. Or that can be a less than caring nurturing thing where uh, one of the terms that was used a lot when I was in active duty was you're broke, which means it, for whatever reason, you have a, a, a busted leg, you, you medical condition, whatever, you are broke. Uh, you are less than. And for a, a military mindset, uh, that is very, very challenging to try to, um, to put together and, and keep a, a positive mindset when you're told that you are not good or that things, things are wrong. Even as all that, those, those issues come about, then at the same time, there are very positive things that, that the military does have. Obviously, we've got great medical folks, so once an individual is injured, we want to help you as best we can. We have world-class uh, medical care, so we're grateful for that. We also have chaplains who walk alongside uh, our, our military members. Uh, as you well know, Steve O'Cannon, Craig Mueller, mm -hmm. and all of our, our uh, active duty reserve chaplains are with our, our folks from the fight, as well as chaplains who serve our VA. So we do bring that spiritual thing. And so what I'm, I'm going to hopefully try to get is that there are many challenges, and that's simply a reality. But at the same time, there are a number of resources uh, that God has provided, and we as members of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod also have an incredible role to play there. Absolutely. Oh, how does this uh, uh, spill over, I guess, or how does this continue after deployment is over? Um, what are some of the the situations that, that affect mental health um, once a, someone has completed their deployment and is back home and is reintegrating? Uh, how, does, how, do, how do mental health issues play into those situations as well? Well, the rules are way different uh, because, you know, usually where I happen to live in Norfolk, Nebraska, when you drive down the road, no one has put an IED down there. <laughs> so, you know, going from one day worried about the road I'm traveling on and worried about every little thing to now I'm, I'm back home and it's safe. But 
my my mind, my reptilian brain, that thing that I've kind of trained to watch for all the time, it doesn't know I'm still in Norfolk, Nebraska. It just realizes that I've been in danger, and I now have learned how to, to stay safe. What I tell folks a lot is the things that keep one alive in the, in the combat zone get in the way back home. And uh, so, for example, uh, if I'm in a, a combat zone and bad things happen, I get into a firefight, a friend of mine is injured, I don't have the luxury of feeling about bad about it right then. I have to return fire. I have to provide medical care. I can't cry. I can't get angry. I mean, I can't feel what I feel. So I just shove that back away, and my feelings kind of get turned off. And then I get home and I'm supposed to, you know, be wonderful with my kids and my wife and have feelings and uh, it takes a while to get that switched back on. So, uh, again, some of these survival techniques that we learn get in the way when we come back home. What? It, it, man. <laughs> There's so many, I, so many questions. questions. <laughs> right. And, and, and I think, you know, the, the picture that I have in my head is probably uh, – really influenced by what I see on TV or mm-hmm. in movies. Yeah. And I'm curious how accurate that really <laughs> is. Um, you know, the things that I see in movies and TV, I know that that, that Hollywood can exaggerate <laughs> things a bit. Um, have you seen examples of that, Mike, that, that are accurate and some that are, are not accurate? Well, I guess when you talk about TV or movies, they love to have clear lines. This is bad. This is good. It's all wrapped up in 22 minutes or in an hour and a half. Um, real life's a lot messier than that. Uh, real life uh, doesn't have, you know, a, a, a moment of conclusion where everything is all right and you kind of walk off into the sunset, et cetera. Uh, and, you know, bad guys are bad guys, good guys are good guys. But um, in, in the military and in real life, things are a lot messier. Uh, and that's one of the things that we as church really can address. You know, we talk about PTSD, about uh, physiological uh, uh, events that occur when one is in combat, etc. But one thing that's come to the forefront here lately, and it deals very much with mental health, but also uh, with what we have to offer as church, is something called moral injury. Moral injury is when an individual does an act that is contrary to his moral stance that I'm doing something wrong, I'm sinning. Or if I am part of a unit and my unit does something and I can't stop it, that is what's called moral injury. And it's amazing that secular psychologists and stuff are saying, hey, this is really something we have to deal with. But uh, amazingly, you know, great folks that they are, uh, that's really not given to them as psychologists to do. Uh, that's what the church has to, to offer, is this forgiveness found in Christ Jesus and this ability to heal uh, in a, a way that, that uh, medicine cannot give. I'm, I'm hogging all the questions here. Heidi, <laughs> uh, pro- from professional to professional, what questions do you have for Chaplain Marino today? Yeah, you know, I think he just brought up that connection of the church to uh, these very kind of intimate issues of forgiveness and love. And I kind of wonder, Mike, from your perspective, what place is does the role of community within the church have for our veterans and their families? You know, that word of community or that idea of community. you know, the body of Christ, how, how can that serve our veterans and their families better? 
Uh, it's a ready-made solution that we so desperately need. Uh, when folks do leave the military, in the military, you're with your platoon, you're with your buddies, you're with your unit. There is built-in community. You live and, and move along with these individuals. And uh, they care for you, you care for them. And in combat, we need all your brothers in arms. Um, but when you leave the military and you go back to St. Louis, Norfolk, wherever it might be, you're alone. You are you are at that morning muster, you know, where you gather with your unit every morning. You're you're not there. Uh, you miss that camaraderie. You miss that fellowship, and you miss that sense of belonging. And we, as church uh, and the body of Christ, have that to bring in spades in terms of saying we. This is what we offer to you. The body of Christ is the body of believers all over the world, and we value you, and we wish to to be with you, to be in fellowship with you. And uh, that is uh, an incredible gift uh, that God has given to all people, but something that I believe veterans on a regular basis hunger for. Yeah, certainly something that we might take for granted in many situations, that mm -hmm. having that sense of belonging or that, that sense of connectedness to the fellow members of the body of Christ, uh, not even, you know, hadn't really given much thought to the, the sense of isolation one might feel coming from an environment where, as you talked about, there's such a strong connection when you're in a platoon or, or you know, living in a, a close-knit community like that and then suddenly making a, a rapid change back to uh, life in a, a different type of community that maybe isn't as close-knit where the body of Christ can certainly provide for that. Uh, we need to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation here on Mental Health Monday. We're talking with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman and Chaplain Mike Marino on Mental Health Monday on the Coffee Hour. Lutheran Church, a diverse congregation of people from all over the world. They've come together in Christ. They're located in South St. Louis at 6704 Filer Avenue. They strive to be a congregation in which all people can feel as though they're in a space for them to experience the love of Jesus Christ. Please visit Timothy Lutheran Church in South St. Louis each Sunday for their worship service. Contact the church for more information. Did you know that many LCMS military personnel and their families are unable to receive word and sacrament ministry due to the lack of LCMS chaplains? Ministry to the Armed Forces is looking for pastors who will answer the call to serve as a chaplain to provide word and sacrament ministry to the men and women who selflessly serve our nation. Find out more about this exciting ministry by contacting me, Chaplain Craig Mueller, at lcmschaps at lcms.org. That is lcmschaps at lcms.org. Hi, this is Gary Duncan. Kelly Schumacher of Agnes Day has donated her artistic reproductions cards and books to KFUO during 2019. And we use these for giveaways during our share and the various conventions that we attended over the summer. Everybody who has seen the art on display and the books say how beautiful the pieces are. So please take time to browse Kelly's website at AgnusDayArts.com. That's A-G-N-U-S-D-E-I-Arts.com. Dun, 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 dun. 
You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Monday, November 11th, a blessed Veterans Day to mm-hmm. all of our veterans who have served. And today we are, it's Mental Health Monday. So mm-hmm. uh, we are covering, we're, we're combining both subjects <laughs> yes. here, Mental Health Monday and veterans as well, talking with our regular Monday uh, guest, Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. And uh, today also joining us, Chaplain Mike Marino. He's uh, a commander in the Chaplain Corps of the United States Navy and now a pastoral counselor with Lutheran Family Services of Iowa. And before we went to break, we were really talking about um, what what are the, the effects on... Um, uh, mental health for our service men and women, uh, especially when returning home. But another perspective I think to to look at is, uh, and, and we were talking about how community plays an important part in mm-hmm. that. Um, but the, also the the families, spouses, and families mm-hmm. of service men and women uh, when returning into the to life here back home, uh, domestic life. Um, Chaplain Marino. Uh, what uh, might you share with us about um, military spouses and how they're affected by uh, whether the isolation or other mental health issues? Well, first off, I want to give them a shout out as well. As heroic as our men and women are in uniform, uh, so doubly so are their families who uh, stand and wait and support them in every way, shape, and form. When you talk about you know mental health and other, we talk about resources. We talk about that which we have to draw upon. And our families are are a tough list after our faith. But um, thinking about you know when an individual leaves the military, uh, it's not just the individual, the family, and uh, it's it's wonderful because then the family gets their their uh, their loved one back. You know they're not going to go out on a field field uh, and exercise. They're not going to go out on deployment again, uh, but. Also, the, the family is, is losing that community of being living on base or living in that community as well. And, uh, again, the, oper- the church has this opportunity to welcome them again and realize that that is a, a significant transition. If I've lived, you know, lo- living with military commissaries and all kinds of things that were military-centric, and now I'm going to a civilian side, it's not just a change for the military member, but it's also a change for our military families as well. Heidi, what is your perspective on uh, mental health of, of the family, both in deployment and also in that transition back uh, to civilian life or, or life back in, in, uh, in different community settings? Yeah, I think it's really interesting because I think this overlaps with our church work wellness conversations so often. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really interesting how they connect. And Deaconess Dorothy Kranz is the first person that pointed this out to me several years ago um, with her own experience in both uh, military life and then also uh, in worker life. And, you know, that feeling of community that you have, the spouses have also, especially in um, when you are stationed like overseas or you're stationed on a base in particular that has that real kind of closeness knit atmosphere that Mike's talking about where you go to this the commissary for your grocery store and stuff. It's a lot different. And people especially experience that in church work life at the seminary. Um, And so I hear a lot of the same concerns from both military families. And I'm not trying to over identify. Like, I think that there are clearly some some big differences, you know, um, especially when we talk about deployment and life lives being at risk and things like that. But I do think it's a place where we can identify together how do we, when we have this ready-made community in our lives, when we have that, and then we go into the world and we we don't have that, 
what does that loss do with our hearts and our minds? Um, and then what can we learn and where do we grow in that? And then how can we change, I guess, our existing communities to be more receptive and to be places that feel more authentic and more um, inclusive of uh, those who are looking for community? You know, it's a really healthy thing. Um, and so like we talked about earlier, I think the church has a huge place in that. And I think also um, having services for service member spouses and families is really important um, that we can't just serve the one person. We have to consider the family dynamics just as we do with worker wellness. We have to consider the family dynamics because um, it is different than when someone goes and clocks into a nine to five and it doesn't impact uh, the family structure quite as much or, or at least in the same ways that it does for our military families. And so supporting those services, you know, advocating for them um, in our states and in our communities is really important. And as our churches, we can be aware of what is available for our families and help connect them as well. Mm-hmm. Chaplain, what are, uh, we've, we've touched on this a few times, um, what are some of the ways that we as as individuals but also as the body of Christ can support the veterans and veter- and veteran families uh, that we know in in our neighborhoods and in our churches you know um, today's a, a wonderful day and I, I think all veterans are very grateful for it and where you know here in town there's all kinds of places offering a free meal etc and we're grateful don't misunderstand what I'm about to say but um, if we are going to do this as a um, uh, as a church, then I think maybe um, a, a long term uh, constancy is, is very helpful. And I think this also, Heidi, uh, goes into the worker wellness idea. Uh, right now, we're in uh, I think October just just over. We did we had Pastor Appreciation Month, and you know pastors love you know very nice things and, and wonderful acts of kindness from from their folks, uh, but. Uh, Pastors uh, get tired other months of the year as well, or get challenged other months of the year as well. And our people, God be praised, you know, reach out to our pastors throughout the year. They don't just wait till October and say, hey, pastors, good to see you. Uh, They have nice comments. They have uh, different interchanges throughout the year. The same thing for us uh, working with veterans is to have a constancy, be be with them uh, throughout the year as opposed to, to one time a year. And uh, one way to do that is through the Operation Barnabas program that we have uh, with the Missouri Senate. Again, Craig, Steve, and uh, Greg, uh, um, Gary Danielson, uh, wonderful uh, opportunities for resources there. But it's, it's interesting and important not only to have a, a one-day conversation, but a constant conversation. Uh, so looking for those opportunities on a regular basis uh, would be uh, my, one of my, my, uh, my thoughts. I think that's a really good point too, Mike. And I think another thing we can do is talk about, you know, taking away some of the shame that's built around mental health for the population in general so that we can serve our veterans better, you know, so that we can serve our veteran families better. There is uh, no reason our people should still feel shame about getting um, you know, their mental health needs met and that that should be an automatic when you are in a position where you are putting your life at risk or you are, you know, maybe you haven't gone into battle, but you have, um, you know, 
quote unquote, we call it volunteering for this service. You know, you are making that sacrifice and we honor that, like you said, this day. But, you know, how can we take away the shame for getting um, just connected to uh, people and things that can help us uh, be able to do that work to the best of our abilities? I think as a nation, that's something we can do as a church body. That's something we can do is take away shame and stigma for mental health so that these families and our veterans can get the services that they need, that we all need. Mike, any other? You're right. And Mm -hmm. it reminds me of a quick story. I uh, was with a a Marine unit and the unit came back from uh, Iraq or Afghanistan. And uh, the uh, the CEO of that unit was a post-war Marine. He was like six foot four, built like a Mack truck, could, you know, bench press small cars. (laughs) Just, you know, everything was great with this guy. Uh, they came back, and he was having issues. He was having difficulty. And, again, all of the members of this unit looked up to him. They wanted to grow up to be like this guy. And uh, the greatest thing he ever did for that unit was he had a, uh, a meeting. All of them were around him, and he said, hey, guys, we've been, gone, we've been back for you know, two months since this, but I've had difficulty. And I went and got help. He normalized it. He made it okay. He took away, he destigmatized it. And out of the units that I had, that was the healthiest unit because he modeled it being okay to do that. And we are hearing more and more. It's it's getting much better than it was. But you're right, Heidi. There's still, you know, in some people's minds, a stigma. And we need to be able to say yes. You know, if you you, you cut yourself or you get get hurt somewhere, you go to the emergency room and get help for it. The same thing with mental health. You get help for it. And... uh, Thankfully, and thanks be to God, resources are growing and opportunities for that help are growing as well. All great resources and, uh, and and great tips as well. Uh, we'll share the link for Operation Barnabas. Happy to say that our congregation has. Uh, I, I'm so thrilled to to say that our congregation is is uh, now um, doing Operation Barnabas. Has a great team and, and doing just small things yeah. here and there to uh, to thank our veterans and to and to also support them. So uh, we'll share a link for Operation Barnabas. And also, mm-hmm. this reminds me of the conversation we had. I think it was last year with our Savior Christian Academy in Platte City, yes. Missouri, and the yeah. great work that they do as a school to uh, to serve military families. Thank mm-hmm. you so much, Chaplain Mike Marino. Thanks for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today. Thank you very much. Wonderful to be with you. And Deaconess Heidi Gaiman, thank you so much. Always good to chat with you on Mondays. See you next week. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.